0: Well, good morning everybody. Um, It is such a privilege to be speaking to you this morning, continuing our series looking at the Gospel of Mark, and our series is called Broken, Lost and Found, Jesus Brings Us Home. And so we're looking through the Gospel of Mark, we're looking at what Jesus teaches us about the Father and the fact that he has entered into our brokenness and our lostness to bring us home to the Father. And I just wanna say really quickly, if you're tuning in to this message and you don't yet know Jesus, you wouldn't wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian. I just wanna tell you, you have got a Father in heaven who loves you passionately um, with an everlasting love. And he has made you to be in relationship with him. And I just know that as I speak uh, this morning that Jesus is really wanting to reveal more of the Father to you. So thanks so much for tuning in and I hope this really blesses you. But We're going to be looking at a very familiar story this morning from Mark chapter 8 and it's the feeding of the 4,000 and I'm aware that as we look at this This story, we could miss the awe and wonder of what Jesus does in this story and what he teaches us about the Father because it's so familiar. Because even if we're not familiar with the feeding of the 4,000, we definitely have heard about the feeding of the 5,000. We understand the concept of this story. You know, we know that Jesus is with his disciples, there's a big crowd they've been together for a while. The people are hungry because they've run out of food and Jesus says to his disciples, you feed them, you you give them something to eat and the disciples are like, no way Jesus, we can't do that, how are we gonna do that? Jesus asks, what food have you got? The disciples get a little bit of food, bread and fish. Jesus blesses the food, gives it to the disciples, they hand it out, everyone eats, and then there's masses of leftovers. We all know the gist of this story, and the danger is we're going to miss the mind-blowing awesomeness of it if we enter into this morning being over-familiar. And so I want to encourage us, as I read this story, as we look at this story, let's look at it as if it's the first time we're reading it, the first time we're hearing it, And let's let God really speak to us this morning as we look at this passage. So we're going to read in Mark chapter 8, and it's verses 1 to 10. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes to see this afresh this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. It says this, About this time another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground and then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them and broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd and a few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. The crowd ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Wow. This is such an incredible story and such an incredible um, example of what the Father's like. Jesus teaches us so much through this story. There's so much we could pull out as we ask the question, you know, what does this teach us about God? What does this teach us about God the Father? What does this teach us about people? There's so much we can pull out, but I just want to pick out just two things, a couple of things for us to look at. And the first is this, God cares about and wants to meet our needs. God cares about and wants to meet our needs. There's a large crowd following Jesus. They've been with him for three days. They've run out of food. And Jesus feels sorry for them because he realizes they're hungry. You know, we don't get any any situation in the scripture we can't see any situation of the, of the crowd saying they're hungry or complaining or saying we need food but Jesus just realizes they're hungry they've, they've run out of food and he wants to meet their basic need for food his compassion causes him to want to do something about it and what ends up happening is he does a staggering miracle to meet the basic needs of the people for food and the truth is that we have a father in heaven who is so kind and so loving and so full of compassion that not only does he know our needs, but he longs to meet our needs. He's the kind of father who will do staggering miracles to make sure we're okay. And obviously he met our ultimate need at the cross. He met our ultimate need at the cross. He made it possible for us to come back into relationship with him, meeting our ultimate need for relationship with God. But now because of the cross, today and every day, the Father is looking out for what we need and longing because of his compassion to meet those needs. And you know, the truth is, sometimes we know what our needs are and sometimes we don't, do we? Just a few weeks ago, I was feeling just a bit off and I didn't know what was going on. And I went to spend some time to be with God and I just asked him what was going on. And suddenly I was hit with grief um, around my hysterectomy that happened a couple of years ago. And I then clocked, oh gosh, it's actually literally coming up to two years since my hysterectomy. And it was painful. It was painful. I had three days where it was pretty dark, pretty bleak, lots of crying, lots of desperate crying out to God, lots of questions. I was meant to be going on a trip that weekend to Dundee, but I just couldn't face it just couldn't face it. And I spoke to the team there and they were very releasing. They they just released me and I sent my team and I stayed home. And I ended up having four days with just me and the father. And do you know what? I didn't even know I needed it, but it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. I just needed some time out with him. And it was actually a, a very precious and sacred time where I just got to be with him. And, You know, he is a father who is so kind and he knows our needs, even when we don't know them. And he loves to rush in because of his compassion to meet our needs. And so what needs do you have right now? Physical needs, emotional needs, relational needs. What needs do you have right now? Because I want you to know that Jesus has compassion for you and he is pursuing you. He is moving because of his compassion towards you to come and bring comfort and breakthrough and to draw near to you, to meet your needs. You know, one of my favorite things about this particular scripture is the seven large basketfuls of leftovers. I just love that. And I, you know, you could look at that and think, well, why? Why Why would that? Why would why seven leftovers? Why seven Seven baskets for? Isn't that just a waste? Isn't that just over the top? But I think, again, it tells us something about what the Heavenly Father is like, that he is not just he's not a father of just enough. He's a father of lavishness. He's generous. He's over the top. And so the truth is that. He wants to meet our needs, but he wants to meet more than what we need as well. He's the kind of father who is lavish and over the top and wants to give us more than we need as well. And so I want to encourage us, let's raise our expectations. He is so good and he is rushing towards us this morning. Truth is, everything we need is found in him and so much more than we need as well. That's the truth. So we have a father in heaven who cares about and wants to meet our needs. And the second thing I just want to look at, is that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Now, just imagine the scene for a moment. The crowd with Jesus consisted of 4,000 men, but also there would have been women and children, and so let's just, as a conservative estimate, say there were 6,000 people. Now, think about the King's House auditorium for a minute. I, I reckon, it, it. let's imagine it can seat around 500 people if it's, if it's at capacity. I think it's actually a little bit more than that, but for the sake of my ability to do maths, let's imagine it's 500. So I want you just to imagine for a minute the auditorium full of people plus another auditorium full of people plus another auditorium full of people 12 times. 12 times. That's kind of the number of people we're talking about, okay, in the crowd. Now I want you to imagine seven of these okay seven of these although it wouldn't have looked anything like this seven loaves of bread and a few small fish jesus fed six thousand plus people with seven loaves of bread and a few small fish everyone ate as much as they wanted the bible tells us all of them were satisfied and there were then seven basketfuls large basketfuls of leftovers of the food wow Can you get your head around that? Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. He can do anything. And I really believe this morning that God wants to lift our eyes. He wants to give us a moment just to pause and to take our eyes off of COVID and the economy and politics and money situations and family situations and what's going on in the nations of the world he just wants to give us a moment this morning just to lift our eyes off of what's what's going on around us and fix them firmly on him so that we can remember who it is we're coming to this morning so that we can remember that he is on the throne and that nothing is impossible for him You know, this past year has been difficult for so many different reasons. There's been such a focus on sickness and death. And I think that's brought with it anxiety and fear. And there's also been a lot of emphasis on science and statistics. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm hugely grateful for our gifted scientists who have helped us work out how best to navigate this pandemic. But I know that personally, I have had to really fight to lift my eyes and my heart and my thinking above that what I'm seeing around me, what I'm reading on my phone, what I'm hearing in the news. And what's happened for me personally is I think over this year, bit by bit, my faith has been chipped away at and it's shrunk. And I think that might be true for many of us because we've been so aware of what's been going on around us. There's been a fight for where our eyes are focused. And I think this morning, God is inviting us to look up and remember, nothing is impossible for him. Jesus is still on the throne. He is far above every other principality and power. He has defeated sin and, di- and sickness and death and shame. He is far above all of that stuff. He has all authority. Jesus has all authority. He's sovereign and his kingdom is forcefully advancing on the earth. And he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's pursuing us with his loving kindness and his grace and his mercy. And nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible for our God. I just want you to say that after me for a moment. Nothing is impossible for God. Say it after me again. Nothing is impossible for for God. I just want you to imagine for a minute the thing that you feel feels like the most impossible thing in your life at the moment, the most impossible thing that you can think of. And I want you to imagine it and then I want you to say, nothing is impossible for God. I I went on holiday to the Lake District a, a couple of years ago now. And I remember climbing, we had a beautiful day climbing up this mountain which later I found out was actually described as a, as a large hill but I claim that it was a mountain because well it just felt big to me. But at the top of that mountain there were there was the view was beautiful. It was just beautiful. You you just get a whole different perspective on the world don't you because you're up there and you can see all the valleys and the houses and the and the roads and they look minuscule and when I was up there, I, remember, I just remembered Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And all of a sudden, that, that scripture, that truth became more real and bigger to me because I thought to myself, wow, my help comes from the Lord. He made all this this is this is easy for him this is his handiwork this is just one part of one nation but he made the heavens and the earth and it's him who my help comes from It's him he's the one who helps me and suddenly my faith was stirred you know the truth is it's very easy to forget this stuff it's very easy to forget that nothing is impossible for god and i think that's what we can learn from the disciples in this passage because In verse one, it says this, another large crowd had gathered and they'd run out of food again. So this verse suggests that this is not a new situation for the disciples. They've been in this kind of situation before. And if you flick back to Mark five, you see the story of the feeding of the five thousand. So we see that the disciples have been in this situation before where they've seen Jesus feed five thousand plus people with five loaves and two fish. And yet, just a little while later, they're in a very similar position. And when Jesus says to them, we're going to give them some food, their response is, how are we going to do that, Jesus? And it makes me wonder, why wasn't the response different? Why in that situation didn't they actually say to Jesus, well, Jesus, okay, I mean, we've only got seven lives and a few little fish, but we've seen you do that stuff with the 5,000. So let's go for it. it. Let's see it again. That wasn't their response. It seems that the disciples had forgotten what Jesus had done. Even if they hadn't forgotten deep down, it seems that they were so consumed with what was going on around them that they'd lost sight of the opportunity and the possibility because Jesus was there, anything could happen. Anything is possible with God. And you know, I can be so much like the disciples, I don't know about you, where I can see God do amazing things, staggering miracles, answer prayers, uh, prove his faithfulness to me and then I find myself in a different position and I panic and I get fearful and I wonder is God going to break in and I've forgotten the history of his faithfulness and his goodness and it hasn't changed how I respond to future situations. I can so easily be like the disciples and forget and lose sight of the truth. And, you know, we've got to learn from the disciples that it's much easier than you think to forget what God's done and what he's able to do. And so we've got to make a decision to be intentional about remembering. We've got to make a plan to remember. As we remember, as we're intentional about thinking about who God is and what he's done in our lives and through other people's lives and in other people's situations, it fixes our eyes on him and faith stirs in our hearts. When we remember, it lifts our eyes to him. And irrespective of what's going on around us, we can stay in a place of faith and expectation because we're looking at the one for whom nothing is impossible. And so I just want us to take a couple of minutes now just to to respond and to remember, just to grab your phone or a piece of paper and write down some stuff that you want to remember that God has done in your life, what you've heard about him doing in other people's lives, just to start the process of making a plan to remember I've been doing this for a while now so I have a note on my phone and so far since January I've got 35 stories written on there either stuff I've seen God do or I've heard him do with other people and I tell you looking back over it it is so encouraging because it reminds me nothing is impossible for him and so I want us to just take a couple a couple of minutes now um, to write some stuff down to be intentional about remembering let's do that together now shall we Of the morning are inside your eyes the world awakens in the light of the day I look up to the sky and say you're beautiful Wow. I see your power in the moonlit night. Where planets are in motion and galaxies are bright. We okay. are amazing. Brilliant, well done. You know, guys, the truth is we've got so much to be thankful for. I want to encourage you to come back to this note and just, just meditate on this stuff. You know this story shows us that we have a father who knows about and cares about our needs and wants to meet them and not just meet them but abundantly he has more than we need we also learn from the scripture nothing is impossible for God nothing is impossible for him and our job is to keep our eyes fixed on him so that the truth stays at the forefront of our minds and our hearts. I want to encourage us. Let's raise our expectation. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's, as Psalm 121, let's do this as it teaches us. I lift up my eyes to the heels. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's just pray real quick as we finish. Yeah, Father, we just thank you so much for what this story shows us about who you are and what you're like, that you are a kind Father, that you love to ration and meet our needs, but also more than what we need. And we thank you, Father, also for the truth that nothing is impossible for you. And I just pray for each one of us who's listening and watching right now, Father, that you would come and meet with us, that you would seal these truths in our hearts that any over-familiar in our hearts about this story would be broken off and we would be amazed and be in awe and wonder at your ability, Father, at your kindness, at your generosity. Father, help us to be a people who remember, who fix our eyes on you, who lift our gaze above everything that's going on around us so that we see the truth that you are still on the throne and you are sovereign and you are in charge and nothing is impossible for you. And I just pray for anyone watching who doesn't yet know you, Jesus. God, come speak to them. Come meet with them. Would they know your kindness and your love, drawing them to you? We ask all of this in your precious name and for your glory, Father. Amen. Amen.